Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, it's Mandy Money here, aka Mandra. Listen, y'all, I want this to be the year when you finally learn how to be the badass negotiator that you have always wanted to be. Whether you are plucking up your courage and trying to ask for a raise where you currently work, or you are ready to negotiate a damn good juicy offer from a new job, I am here for you. I have got a five-step signature salary negotiation strategy that I only teach in my free virtual Nail Your Negotiation Masterclass. I've got one coming up in just a couple of weeks. You can sign up and save your spot at nailyournegotiation.com. That's nailyournegotiation.com. I can't wait to see y'all there. It's time for the B-A-Q-A, A, the B-A-Q-A, what you say? The B-A-Q-A with Tiffany, the B-A-Q-A, there's no mandate today. <laughs> Instead, we are making it a happy money, happy life week. Okay. We've got my friend Jason V. Tug in the stew. That's the studio for those of you who are not as cool. If you did not listen to the regular Brown Ambition episode on Wednesday with Jason, it is amazing. We do breath work. We talk about his new book, Happy Money, Happy Life, which is available at happymoneyhappylifebook.com. It is an amazing, amazing, amazing episode. So go listen. I asked Jason, stay in the stew, Jason, and help me to answer some finance questions. And Jason agreed. Thanks, Jason. Oh, thank you so much. This is exciting. Let's do this. <laughs> well, real quick, because I forgot. I'm like, I, if you didn't listen, you might not know who Jason is. So Jason is a wellness advocate and best-selling New York Times reviewed author of two books. He's the founder of Frugal, P-H-R-O-O-G-A-L, and is an award-winning creator of the Road to Financial Wellness product, Project. Jason is a certified diversity, equity, and inclusion expert, holds the Psychology of Financial Planning Certification, and is a certified yoga instructor and breathwork specialist. Jason focuses on holistic, a holistic approach where money isn't the goal, but money is a tool to help achieve the goal. He's been featured on the TEDx stage, Yahoo Finance, for Forbes, Business Insider, New York Times, to name a few. So we have a real financial educator, but one, a, a man after my own heart, not just personal finance, but holistic wellness in the room. So, okay, first question, Jason, that came into the room. Let me see. Oh, my gosh. Okay. This is from Paula. Hey, Paula. Straight up now, tell me if you really want to love me. For Some of y'all don't know that's Paula Abdul. You're too young. <laughs> hey, ladies and Jason. I'm tackling my debt and looking to start investing soon. I work for a public agency that offers a 457B, which is basically like a, 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 a retirement account at her job. It's a nonprofit retirement account, or I'm guessing a public agency retirement account, and have been contributing a small amount each pay period. Would you recommend contributing to this plan or opening up a Roth IRA to contribute to? Thank you so much for your insight. What do you say, Jason? 
Well, I think when it comes to retirement planning, I'm a big believer in taking advantage of your employer accounts, especially if there is a match, an employer match. And so she mentioned that she's contributing a small amount and already thinking about the Roth IRA. I think that's that's a good line of thinking, but I want you to maximize your contribution to that employer plan first before you start adding into in terms of like your your goals. And, and that has a lot to do with the employer match and that has a lot to do with also lowering your potential tax liabilities. And so those are two things that I, I would suggest. All right. So I am on like, especially with I'll say this, that like if you have a an employer program, which is awesome to Jason's point, if you contribute to and your employer's retirement account, let's just say you, you have one hundred thousand dollars. Right. And you contribute, I don't know, six thousand. Great. So then the government says you didn't make a hundred thousand, right, Jason? It says you made a hundred thousand minus six, so you made ninety-four thousand. That's what we're taxing you on. So that's what Jason means about that you get tax, like you get a tax break now because when you contribute, you get the tax break now, and then when you go to pull money out later when you're sixty-five and a half plus, you will pay taxes on the back end, but not on the front end. Correct. Right? But with a Roth, Jason, right? That's the opposite. Correct. That yep. you don't get the tax break now because you basically put in money with a Roth IRA now after tax money. So you've already paid taxes on it. But when you go to pull out your Roth when you're older, then because you pay taxes up front, you don't have to pay taxes on what you contributed or the the growth of that that you know, like let's just say you put in a hundred thousand of your lifetime, it grew to two hundred thousand, you don't have to pay taxes on that two hundred thousand. So so there's no right or wrong in that like contribute, contribute, because you know, to Jason's point, it's almost almost like a seesaw. You wanna get some tax breaks now but you also want to get some tax breaks later. So typically what I say is that like, if you have an employer account, get your match on. And if you are close to maxing out what you can technically make to contribute, because everyone can't contribute to a Roth IRA. I think it was like $139,000. I'm not sure what the max is right now. Like you can't make over a certain amount of money and contribute to a Roth IRA. There's backdoor Roths, but we're just talking plain, regular personal finance that up to a certain amount of money, they don't want individuals contributing to a Roth IRA, you know? So if you are like at 100,000, I might be seesawing, because you can have both at the same time, contributing to my employer account, but then also contributing to like my Roth IRA to make sure that like, you know, before it's too late for me to, mac, um, to max out on my Roth IRA. So either good, way, go ahead, Jason. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's a good point because you need, there, there's a strategy around it. So you want to make sure that that you're employing kind of like before the ta- before taxes and after taxes. And and there's there's a lot of like nuances when it comes to that. But I think you're at the point where if you're thinking about Roth IRAs, uh, look at maximizing again to the point of where your employer matches yes so you want you want to contribute there and then also look at at the roth ira piece of it because you do you do want to mix a mixture on that as well and so that that is that's that's what i've done in the past in terms of maximizing my 401k contribution in addition to to contributing to a roth ira because if if your Roth IRA, your six thousand for this year grows to a hundred thousand 30, 40 years later, you don't pay taxes anymore. I mean, like how amazing is that? And that's the opposite is true for the four hundred one k that's pre tax or the the four fifty seven that's pre tax. So it's like it's it's those things like really figuring out um, what your goals are and understanding that that there is no right answer. It's just how are you looking at the tax strategy and and the impact to your paycheck. So yeah, the only wrong answer is to not contribute. Yep. We don't want that, you know? Um, but yeah, so we're going to up that a little bit to a lot more. Okay, Paula. 
So if you are enjoying this BAQA with my friend, Jason Vitug of Happy Money, Happy Life, the book, we're gonna throw the break real quick and stay here because we'll be right back. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed 
on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. And we're back and we're brown. So we're in the studio with Jason Vitug um, of Happy Money, Happy Life and his company Frugal, financial educator, but wholeness educator overall. I have Jason in the stew and I asked him to stay and answer some questions with y'all. And so we're going to take another one. If you actually want your question answered, you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click like the ask us anything button and, you know, send us a, a message that way. You can slip into our DMs on it's the BA podcast, I believe, on Twitter and Brown Ambition podcast on Instagram and slip into the DMs and ask questions that way. You can give us your real name. You can give us a fake name. You can say anonymous and we will honor all of that. But ask your personal finance questions, your career questions and your business questions. We will answer all of those. All right. So we're going to take another uh, money question. Hi, Tiffany, Mandy and Jason. The Jason is silent, but I'm putting it in there. I wanted to get your input on the idea of using equity from my home to purchase a property for the intent of a long-term rental. What are your recommendations? Ooh, Jason, Jason, you've owned some like, have you owned some rental property? I have not owned okay. rental property, uh, but I do read up on it and I do have family members that have rental property. And this question comes up all the time. Okay. So so hearing this, I think I, I, I have a, uh, a viewpoint on it. Okay. So one, Having equity in your property, that's a great thing. And so you definitely want to do the calculations to make sure that the investment that you're making with this rental property is going to pan out for you. And so if you're looking at tapping the equity of your primary residence, your home, your space for a rental, you want to make sure that it will eventually lead to a positive financial result. And I have seen many situations where it does not, then all of a sudden it endangers your primary residence. And so the other answer I would say is that it does make sense because if you're looking at, you don't have the down payment or it's a sizable equity and you could buy this rental property in cash, there, there is a lot of upside when it comes to that. And again, it depends on, on the amount that you're looking to borrow against your home and where this property is. And if you've done the homework in terms of like what the return would be when you're renting this property out. Okay. So I consider this, so it's, I have not done this, but I consider this like during the pandemic when the home prices were crazy, I was going to do a cash out refi. Right? Is that what it's mm -hmm. called? Cash back, cash yep, out? Yeah, cash out yep, refi. Cash. So that's basically when you refinance your home, almost like buying your home from yourself, and then take out the excess money. They won't let you take out all of it. They're like, girl, you tried it. I think they let you take up to 60% or something like that. Yeah, there's, you a, know? there's a percentage. So, so my home was paid off. So basically, I would go from no mortgage to a mortgage. And then I was going to use that money to purchase another property, which that's not unwise. But to Jason's point, it, it would be unwise if you're purchasing a property that you're not sure, am I going to get a positive cash flow? Because one, now your mortgage is going to be more expensive if you didn't have, or you're going to have a new mortgage if you didn't have one before. And then on top of that, there's this new property that has to pay for itself. And let's just say you don't get a, a tenant right away. And so you're going to be paying basically two mortgages until you figure it out you know so but it is one of the one of the benefits of home ownership is the ability to do th do so 
a home can be used as leverage. So I want you to think of a lever as something that helps to um, open something much bigger than itself. Like a doorknob is a lever to a door. You know, like a door is huge and oftentimes very heavy, but this little doorknob, you know, you can use this doorknob to open this door and a home can do that too. Because when you own a home, you know, you'd actually, you know, you could put down three and a half percent on a $100,000 property, that's $3,500. So that's this little lever to get access to all this money, which can be good, but also dangerous if you're not wise. And so, you know, to Jason's point that, you know, if you're going to do this, which is, it can certainly be a very wise tool to say, I want access to another property and I can use my current property to do so. But you want to make sure that, you know, that you, one, do more research on what it is to rent. There are numbers, like um, calculations. One of my friends, Christina, is like a big investor in St. Louis. And she's got like this number calculation that she does to see if this rental property is going to make financial sense and when, one year, two year, five years, you know what I mean? And so you want to make sure that you're not just saying, I think this house is a good idea, let me move forward, that you've done the numbers on the new property and it offsets the cost of the other property, you know? So... You know, honestly, Paula, is this Paula? I can't remember. This anonymous, I think. I think, yeah, it's anonymous. Anonymous. So honestly, anonymous, I think that, you know, it's not a bad idea as long as you are doing, running your numbers. That's with all things investing. You have to run your numbers, run your numbers, run your numbers. Um, let's just take one quick last question real quick. This is just a question for me, for Jason. So Jason, you left corporate. We get this a lot. You left corporate and you went to start your business. Give us maybe just a tip or two that for those people who are like, especially now with so many people losing their jobs in the tech sector and it's just feeling so overwhelming and many of them, maybe they have this like business idea. They're not really sure. What are some things that before they take the leap or unfortunately before they get let go, what should people do to prepare emotionally, mentally, but also financially for the shift from working in corporate America to potentially working for themselves? Yeah, the, this I love this question because the first thing we'll, we'll tackle the financial aspect of it. You need a emergency fund or what I call the freedom fund. You need a fund that can cover six to nine months of your basic living expenses. So this doesn't mean six to nine months of your current income. This is six to nine months of your basic living expenses, housing, food, uh, medicine, and things like that. You need that in order for you to kind of just function in, in society and also for you not to have to run to find the next job. So for me, when I quit corporate, I actually had a sizable fund and that had a lot to do with me not buying property instead of me putting in the down payment in the home i i had excess money that i could use to towards paying my um, my monthly obligations and so that is financially you need to be set six to nine months of your basic living expenses saved away not invested in the market I, i'm one of those old school you need accessible liquid cash and that that because emergencies happen right tiff not a matter of if when they happen and if you are let go or if there are changes in your situation you need access to money to help you pay for these necessities. Now, preparing mentally and emotionally, I mean, become leaving the corporate world and pursuing your entrepreneurial goals, it's gonna take a mental toll on you. And that has a lot to do with you like finally believing in yourself enough to kind of make this leap. And then when things doesn't go the way you've envisioned it, well, that's going to take a mental toll and that's going to affect your ability to kind of see the opportunities that present itself. So one, 
for anyone who is experiencing this transition, whether forced or chosen, I want you to prepare yourself mentally by want reassessing, reevaluating your current skill set. That's kind of one of the key things. That's kind of like you're looking at your resume and going, how can I? And this is interesting, right? Because you're like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Why do I need to redo my resume? Well, you need to understand your skill set. You need to understand your experiences because you're going to you're gonna uncover places and gaps. And then you may now want to tap into your network of friends and, and entrepreneurs to help you fill in those gaps. So work on that. And that's going to help you feel better about making this shift. It's going to help you feel better about going after for the next job if you're looking at maintain, you know, going from one job to to the next depending on your situation. And emotionally too, I mean, allow yourself. If you've been let go and there's a lot of people who've been let go and a lot of people who are making the leaps uh, on the based on their own faith, allow yourself the space and grace and time to grieve losing the job or shifting from being so career focused in the corporate world into the entrepreneurial purposeful path because there is a grieving period when it comes to that because our identity is so tied to it. So I want you to take a moment to to rest, to reset and and let your body kind of readjust to the new normal that you're trying to create because what i find is that people who have been laid off and they may get a severance package or they may have unemployment benefits or a savings account they jump right into a new job or they jump right into entrepreneurship and then they're feeling the same strains there's feeling the same constraints and so we you need to take a moment of pause so that's kind of one thing for your mental health your emotional being take a moment of pause and typically that's doable because we have a financial safety net. Oh, I love that, Jason. You're the best. If you are wanting to holistically navigate your personal finances, um, Jason has this awesome book, Happy Money, Happy Life, where he guides us through how to do so through the lens of these eight dimensions. Can you mention those eight dimensions, Jason? Yeah, the eight happy dimensions. They're mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, social, environmental, occupational, and financial. So Jason walks us through those dimensions as a, and through the lens of personal finance. It's called Happy Money, Happy Life. You can purchase it at happymoneyhappylifebook.com. Um, Jason's awesome. If you have not listened to the prior episode, do it. That's your homework. Um, Jason, where can they find you? You know, we know where we can find your book, but where can they find you if they want to follow you or connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm active in those spaces at Jason Vitug and also on LinkedIn. Awesome. Vitug, V-I-T-U-G. His stuff will be the link to the book, happymoneyhappylifebook.com. And and Jason's, um, especially his Instagram, where he's really active, they'll be in the show notes. So give a holla for a dollar, honey. Uh, thank you, Jason. You're really awesome. Thank you for coming. And thank you for being uh, my friend. Well, thank you so much. I'm honored to be your friend, Tiffany. <laughs> I was going to sing, thank you for being a friend. Travel around the world. Who, is that Golden Girls? No, that's not Golden Back Girls. again. But the heart is true. You're yeah, a pal. Telling a confidant. That is Golden Girls. Yeah, that is. <laughs> See, I remember I tried to put Mandy up on Golden Girls. She was like, who? I said, girl, get off my line. Mandy, <laughs> like Golden Girls. It's iconic. I said Golden Browns. We're good. Okay, we're good. The Golden Browns. Like the Golden Browns. <laughs> Thanks again, Jason. Bye, BA fam. We will see you next week. Hey, BA fam. We could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. 
The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru, and I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.